Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to 10, and 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, soon to be four. The three that are currently out are The Unhurried Homeschooler, The Four-Hour School Day, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. The one that's coming is called Raising Boys to Men. Um, I'm super excited about this book. I cannot wait to get it into the hands of moms. And if you want to be notified as to when it's coming out and have a chance to receive a bunch of the free giveaways that I'm going to be doing during that process over the next few months, I would love for you to subscribe to my email list. That way you are continually in the know of what's going on with the new book. Um, If you're interested in the other three books that I've published, you can find them on Amazon and you can also find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com. The other thing that I wanted to let you all know is that I have a search bar on the podcast page of my website. So this is a place where you can go and put in key words to help pull up the episodes that you really need to listen to, the, the specific topics that you're needing to hear about. You guys, I'm coming up here in several weeks on 500 episodes. So that is the best way to find the episodes that will meet your needs currently. So search bar on the podcast page of my website. I will leave a link in the show notes to make it easy to get there. You know, I received a heartwarming message from Rachel in Oklahoma that I just had to share with all of you. Rachel writes, I've gotten my son on CTC math. He's my oldest of five and he absolutely loves it. He shared how it allowed him to progress at a pace that's right for him, much faster than our previous material. And here's the cherry on top. This shift has gifted me an extra 20 minutes, allowing me to focus more on my two and three-year-olds. Rachel says, thank you for sharing CTC math with your listeners. It's already making a huge difference for us. Friends, if you haven't yet, it might be time to explore what CTC math can do for your family. Jumpstart your child's math journey by visiting ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Now, if you listen to the last episode on the podcast, I talked about finding rest in the Lord physically. I mentioned that often our inability to rest physically can come from mental unrest. So there are a lot of things that can weigh on our minds. And for those of you with kids who are getting ready to graduate, you might be asking yourselves if traditional college is actually worth the cost, not just financially, but spiritually. This is the question many parents are forced to ask as their student prepares to leave the home. But I've got great news, you guys. My friends at Excel College are changing the game in higher education by allowing students to graduate debt-free while learning to thrive in the context of a Christian community. So they integrate a world-class, biblically-based, liberal arts-style curriculum with hands-on skills training so that students learn how to become wise, mature, productive adults who follow Jesus and live purposeful, fulfilling lives. You don't have to worry about your child going to college. You can rest knowing that Excel College will continue the job that you started. If you want your student to learn how to build a life, not just make a living, send them to Excel College. They have just a few spots left, 
for their January cohort. Learn more at theexcelcollege.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Now let's talk about some ways that our minds become weighed down and restless. Now, mind you, this is not an exhaustive study in this, but I'm just sort of pulling up the things that I feel like are the most common reasons for for us as moms. The first is decision fatigue. Um, As moms, we make a lot of decisions in a day. We have to remember to ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom since he was sent by Jesus to be our constant comfort guide and counselor. So practicing what I mentioned um, what I'm going to mention here um, in just a few minutes is also really, really helpful. I'll get to that in just a minute. But I think it's important to recognize when we are experiencing decision fatigue. Sometimes we become paralyzed and we just can't make any more decisions. And often the lack of decision making can burden us even more than we realize. So it ends up being this sort of vicious cycle. It can affect our sleep and we end up staying awake or waking up at night because internally, even just subconsciously, we know decisions need to be made and our bodies keep us awake to make them. And so that can cause a lot of mental unrest. Another reason that our minds can become weighed down or restless is actually the opposite, which is the lack of decision-making. So I mentioned becoming burnout on making decisions being a cause for lack of mental rest, but also not thinking about or planning ahead, which forces us into to uh, making decisions um, that have to be made in a hurry, which is another layer of stress. So we often do not make good decisions then. I'll give you an example. Let's just say I forget to plan ahead and um, think ahead about how I'm going to feed the kids lunch if you know, we're out and about running errands and there's this chance that our errands are going to run into lunchtime. So I'm going to take the kids. I'm going to go out and run some errands in the morning. But do I have a plan? Because what will end up happening if I don't is we if we run into lunchtime, the kids are going to start to melt down. And then I have to decide whether or not or how to discipline the massive lack of self-control that starts to happen, uh, whether or not to finish my errands and just push through, uh, whether or not to eat out, which is a whole other list of decisions or, you know, figure out whether I'm going to give them a snack or not and what that snack is going to be. So simply by thinking ahead and planning for potential meltdowns or a potential, um, you know, just things taking longer than usual, which they often do, that can really do a lot in terms of causing us to be mentally restless, worn down, weighed down. Um, so self-discipline is a, is a big part of motherhood and it's a big part of n- not becoming uh, too weighed down uh, mentally. Another thing that I want to mention, and this is really important, is to reduce our intake of information. So just the amount of information that we are able to take in every day is phenomenal. It is not natural. We were never meant to hear everything and see everything that we do. And so we have to be intentional as moms because what we're doing here is we're guarding our hearts, we're guarding our minds um, from too much information because that can also be super mentally draining. Even things that we consider entertainment or fun, like maybe scrolling through Instagram and looking at the funny memes, 
this is something that can actually begin to weigh us down because it's more words, more information. And what we actually need is the opposite of that. We need solitude. We need quiet. We need to still our hearts before the Lord and still our minds before Him. And that is something that um, I don't think most people practice, but I believe that it's a very healthy practice. Meditation, and I'm not talking about Buddha-type meditation. I'm talking about biblical meditation, um, which is to be be setting our minds on the Lord, not emptying our minds. It's it's emptying our minds of the things that are not of the Lord, maybe the things that are temporal, the things that are weighing us down, and it's focusing on the Lord. And it's um, saying scriptures. It's mentally thinking through scriptures. It's mentally thinking about who God really is, in light of scripture. Uh, there are a lot of ways that we can do this, but this is another way that we can find our rest, mental rest in the Lord, is remembering to make solitude and quiet part of a daily practice, even if it's just 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Because I know as moms, it can be difficult to find those quiet moments. But I think if we're careful and we're, we ask the Lord to give us wisdom and make us aware of when we can do that, and then we do it, it does become a rhythm and it becomes part of our day. And it becomes like uh, food for our souls and a break for our brains. Um, another thing that can cause us to struggle to have uh, to rest in the Lord mentally is not having enough time to process and pray. And so this is what we need to make a priority in practice, and that is to cast our cares on Him. Why? Because He cares for us. So by nature, we tend to fret and worry instead of taking our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. So we have to discipline ourselves not to go to a place of worry and fret and anxiety, um, but we really have to go back to God's word and the truths of his word. Lately, what I've been doing is sometimes I'll have this you know, negative thought go through my brain or this problem, and I just want to sit on it. And instead, I, I've been trying to stop and say, okay, that's the bad news. This problem is the bad news. Now, what's the good news? Because in Christ, there is always good news. There is always scripture to apply to every fear and every anxiety. And so I'm just going to go through a few scriptures here, and I'll leave the references in the show notes. But the first one is 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love, and of self-control. Other um, translations say self-discipline. So there's an aspect of our responsibility in that we are exercising self-discipline and self-control with the help of the Holy Spirit to not allow ourselves to borrow trouble from the future, to get lost in vain imaginations and fears and worries, but to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Um, another translation of this says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. That is what God has for us. That is what he wants for us. That is what is available to us as believers. Second Corinthians 10.5 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God 
and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now think about that. This is a spiritual warfare. We are in a warfare for our minds. The enemy would love to be the one who is informing us. The world would love to be the one who is informing us. Even our flesh wants to be in charge. Everyone wants to be in charge. And so we have got to remember that these, the world, the flesh, and the devil are not our masters. They're not our masters God is our master. We serve him and we serve him alone. We do not serve these other things. And so that in itself is a spiritual battle. Um, Then in verse five, it goes on to say, we destroy every argument and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Okay, often we think, oh, it's every argument and lofty opinion out there in the world that we're battling. And that is true. But it's also arguments and lofty opinions raised up within ourselves, either with the enemy trying to deceive us or with our own flesh wanting its way or the influence of the world that we have, you know, that definitely impacts us. We have to remember those are our three biggest enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. In fact, I think everything falls under those three categories. But this verse here is saying, what do we do? We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that raises itself up against the knowledge of God. So every bit of unbelief, every bit, every anxiety, every fear, all of those, because all of those try to raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God is that God loves us with an everlasting love. And he sent his son, Jesus, so that we could live a life of redemption. We could live a life where He takes things that are negative in our lives and he uses them for good to make us more like Christ, to sanctify us. Um, And so it's the opposite of what the world would say is wisdom. But this is what God calls wisdom. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And what do we do? We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's what we're called to. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7 say this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Do you hear what it's saying? It's not saying, it's not making a suggestion. Maybe you should rejoice. Rejoicing is a good idea. It's an option. No, it says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. What do we have to rejoice about? Well, every for every bit of bad news in our lives, there's good news. That, that we can speak into it from God's word and because of what Jesus did for us. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And what's going to happen when we do that? Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We have the power of Christ Jesus' peace that will guard our hearts. We have to do our part. We have a responsibility in it. But we're not acquiring that peace because of works. We're, require, we're acquiring it because God has given it to us, but our, our, our obedience is required. Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, say, come to me. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, 
all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that's the English Standard Version, which is the version that I typically read. But the Message Bible that I don't typically, I don't use, but found this particular passage to, I think, really speak beautifully, um, just paints a beautiful picture of the heart of Jesus towards us. So I am going to read that translation. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So what does that mean? These unforced rhythms of grace. This is not trying to do things that God has not called us to do or even think about things he has not called us to think about. Sometimes I just get so in my own head with so many thoughts about so many different things, everything from theology to real life to my kids to, you know, the Christian life to my church, and it's just so much. And I remember then what David said in the psalm. He said, I have stilled and quieted my heart like a weaned child." is my soul within me. And that is another beautiful picture of finding rest in the Lord mentally. He also talks about how there are things that are just too much for us to understand. He said, I don't concern myself with things that are too lofty, just too much for me to understand. And then after that, he said, but I still and quiet my heart before the Lord like a weaned child is my soul within me. And most of us have weaned a child from breastfeeding, right? And we know there's that, that struggle, but once they are weaned, they find contentment in our laps without having to nurse. And that is the picture that God is painting. Like we can be that weaned child who is able to just sit quietly in the father's lap and not have to be pacified 100% because our trust has grown in our God. But the point of everything I'm saying is that much of our mental exhaustion can be alleviated by placing our concerns, our worries, and our anxieties fully into the Lord's hands. So that means we bring them to Him, we are honest with Him, and most importantly, we leave them with Him. We don't pick them back up and carry them with us throughout the day. I am really good at that, you guys. I'm just gonna be completely honest. My prayers can actually turn into worry sessions if I am not careful to um, pull scripture and truths from God's word about God's ability to handle the problem that I'm leaving with him. And so when I'm praying for each of my kids and especially the things I've maybe been praying for for a really long time and I'm not, don't appear to be seeing any progress or answers I have to go sometimes through each of them and just say, I give you so-and-so and I leave them at your feet. And I picture myself leaving that child there and walking away 
saying, I trust you, Lord, to care for this child and the needs that I'm praying for. So this is a really important thing where we're honest with him, we leave these burdens with him, and we do not take them back to him, uh, back with us um, and carry them with us. So we as moms have many demands on our mental capacity, but does that mean that we cannot obey God? Does it mean it's impossible for us to obey God? Does it mean we have permission to worry and fret and be anxious? No, we do not have permission to do that. I'm not saying we won't, but I am saying we don't have to. And God is calling us not to. And part of obedience to God is training ourselves not to. And that's a process, you know, but it's something that we need to be working on. Jesus came and walked on the earth in our place and he died in our place so that we could experience his redemption and he could use whatever situation we find ourselves in to become more like him and to see his tender loving care and see him working on our behalf. So Jesus took everything that would give us reason to fear and be anxious because at the end of the day, it's the wrath of God for our sins that should be our greatest fear. It is a legitimate fear. It is a legitimate concern. But Jesus took that concern and he took it upon himself so that we actually have no reason to fear or be anxious. God has provided everything we need to find rest in him, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, none of us is going to trust perfectly, and nor should we be under condemnation because we experience fear or anxiety, but we also need to recognize that we don't have to, that God has called us away from that. He doesn't want us to be doing that, and if he doesn't want us to be doing that, I would go as far as to say that if we choose to walk in it, we are disobeying God. Um, We have to recognize the cost that was paid to free us from that same fear and anxiety that we tend to want to hang on to. So the most powerful practices we can have are to pray scripture over our specific situations and to practice gratitude. Now, those two things alone can be a game changer and they can lighten our mental load tremendously. So I don't want you to hear this as though as trying to enter rest by works, but rather entering rest by faith, by believing, not by striving, but by trusting. And so, but this takes practice. It takes self-discipline and action and obedience on our part. Um, It's an act of faith. Okay, and that act of faith is what brings us into rest. And so this is a perfect example of that beautifully powerful combination of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility working together, okay? Here's a quote from Mark Buchanan's book, The Rest of God. This has been one of my favorite books over the years. And he's speaking about training ourselves in God's goodness and sovereignty. And he used a little example from the Chronicles of Narnia. And here's what he said. He said, every year you grow, you find him bigger. So as we're practicing and training ourselves in God's goodness and sovereignty, every year we do that, we are finding him bigger. The best way I know to embody this Godward orientation is thankfulness. Thankfulness is a secret passageway into a room you cannot find any other way. 
Um, it is the wardrobe in Tanarnia. It allows us to discover the rest of God, dimensions of God's world, God's presence, and God's character that are hidden always from the thankless. I love that. Another way to process and help clarify what you need to pray for, this is just a kind of a practical thing to do, is to get out a piece of paper, get everything out on paper, and you buy, and you categorize using these three categories, people, projects, and problems. Okay, so people, projects, problems. So you make three categories and you put all your concerns and burdens in the area of people, in the area of projects, and the area of problems. And then you bring these to the Lord. My suggestion is bring them to the Lord and then ask the Lord to give your husband wisdom and then go to your husband and talk to him because probably many of these things will involve him. Go through all of those with him. Go on a date or whatever. I mean, this could be a once a month thing uh, if you really wanted to sort of stay on top of it so that there was a, you know, just sort of like a maintenance thing like I talked about in the last episode about, you know, we are like high-performance vehicles. As moms, we're running uh, high-performance, but we also need some maintenance to keep up that high-performance. And so maybe you need to do this weekly, maybe monthly. Um, everybody's different, but I think it's really important to take these things, get them written down, pray over them, and then also ask for wisdom for your husband and then go talk to him about those things and try to figure them out together. And I, I guarantee you, your mental load will be far, far, far less. And these are practical discipline. Um, this is practical discipline, uh, ways that we guard our hearts, ways that we guard our minds. Um, but they're, it's all tied to scripture. Um and I think also another thing that we can do, and I mentioned this in the last episode, is process and pray while outside in nature. This is a great way to calm the mind. God has given us nature, and it has scientifically been proven to have a calming effect on our bodies and our minds. And so these walks in nature, this time out in nature— is really, really important. And I'm gonna leave a link in the show notes that talks about um, how spending time in nature reduces stress and anxiety. Now, this is not a Christian article, but it's got some really good stuff in it. So to summarize, finding rest in the Lord mentally requires trust. It requires letting go. And we cannot do that without being honest with God honest with ourselves, honest with God about our need for help and asking for help from the Holy Spirit. Our mental rest in the Lord is very much also tied to our awareness of what God's word speaks into our lives and the way that we should live. Okay, that's all very much tied together. After all, who knows better than the one who created us? So in the next episode, we're going to talk about finding rest in the Lord emotionally. I hope you'll join me. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you that you created us. You knit us together in our mother's wombs. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you have wired us all uniquely. We all have our struggles. We all have our strengths. But God, we come to you today specifically because we want to learn to find rest in you mentally. 
We've been talking about physical, finding rest in you physically. We'll be talking about finding rest in you emotionally and spiritually. But today, Lord, we specifically want to lift up mental rest to you. Father, we live in a country whose mental health is just spiraling at a quick, quick, quick rate. Father, we don't want to and we do not need to be counted in that spiral because you have redeemed us by the blood of the lamb, Lord. And so we ask, Father, that you would keep our mental health healthy, that our minds would would be set on you. Lord, I think about that scripture that says to throw off the weight and every sin that weighs us down and to run with perseverance the race marked out for us and to remember Jesus who is the author of our faith and who ran the race ahead of us and did it perfectly. So we don't have to do it perfectly, Lord, but you are here to help us do it better and better and better, to become more and more like Christ because Christ was our example. Lord, we ask that you would help us to rest in you mentally. I pray that for each and every mom represented here. We thank you for your word that speaks life, Lord, that it does not come back void. It is the only living word that exists. And we, I ask that every mom here would be um, have the self-discipline and the motivation to be in your word, to be connected to your word, to be meditating on your word throughout the day, even if it's just one verse where you pick one verse and we meditate on it throughout the day or we write down a few verses and lay it on a piece of paper on the counter and we revisit it regularly throughout the day, Lord, so that we can learn to keep our hearts and minds on you. Help us to stay, keep our eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.